0: Hello, friends and fellow moms, and welcome to the 12th episode of the Moms on the Air podcast. I'm your host, Katie Mann, and I am joined by my co-host and wonderful daughter who just turned one. Maddie Man. And this week, I'm so grateful to be joined by Sarah Premiano. And we're going to be discussing speech and language development for kids, which for me, that's something I'm very interested in as my daughter's talking up a storm. And sometimes <laughs> it's a little bit of goo gaga. Sometimes we hear mama. Sometimes we hear dada. But I think it's time to hear from the experts. So, Sarah, welcome. Thank you for joining.
1: Well, thank you so much for allowing me to be a guest on your awesome podcast. Um I've actually had as uh I've had my own baby this past March of this year, so I can definitely say I have found the other guests that have been on your podcast to be really really awesome to listen to and hear their experiences and their stories. Um And just if I can just say right off the bat that being a first time parent myself, um, it is really, really illuminating to see things on the other side. Absolutely. um, My work.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of things to me, like when I became a mom, that didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. until I became a mom. And then I just was like, Oh, I get it. <laughs> I get yeah, it. I you know what it. Yeah. I mean, for me, one of the things was like the constant, like bags under your eyes where you, you know, you always see moms say, why do they look so tired? And then, you know, the sleepless nights, you know, what you're going through right now. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I get it. Thank goodness. Yeah. They make under eye, uh, patches that don't really work that well with getting the dark okay. circles.
1: And thank Uh, the universe for caffeine. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) that's true.
0: That's very true. (laughs) So, Sarah, I think let's just dive right into it. For little ones um, who kind of just start talking, Mm -hmm. how do their speech and language
1: develop? So that is a fantastic question, and I just want to preface this by saying when I do discuss the speech and language development, I'm going to refer to children who are neurotypical um, rather than uh, neurodivergent. And, Um, And
0: Sarah, sorry to cut in. I think it might be a good idea, too. We could just give our listeners a little bit about your background because I introduced you, but I didn't do you justice. So if you could just tell our listeners before you dive into that question what your background is,
1: I think we'll move forward. Absolutely. Um, So I am a licensed speech language pathologist and I work primarily with pediatrics. So kids really of all ages, but I love, absolutely love working with really young kids. So toddlers, babies, um, all of that. I just, they're adorable. And I've enjoyed working with families um, of that age group. Um, I've been working out in the field for about two years now. um, And I'm currently living in Virginia, but we are preparing a pretty significant move to Texas so that's where I'll be continuing my practice.
0: No, and that's great. And you know the nice thing about mm-hmm. your you know, your practice is that you're able to impact kids all over the place. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely and that's why I absolutely am very passionate about what I do and I'm just so thankful that we have this field to help families and educate others and empower them um, to help their children and set them up for success.
0: So what can I do as a mom, as you, you know, as people started listening um, before they heard my lovely co-host chiming in a little bit, what can I do to help, you know, Maddie's speech and language develop?
1: So I will say when it comes to speech and language development, it's not a 100% concrete, like this is going to look the same for every child. But we do have years and years of research that do show, you know, those developmental milestones that I'm sure you have Googled or your pediatrician has shared with you. i you read know, some, in all the books. Things. Yep. So that some things to look out for as your child um, does get over. Um, but I will emphasize that the first three years of a child's life is so crucial and critical for their speech language development. Um the growth that we see as their little brains matures and uh, just learns more and more every day. It is so critical. Um, So that's why I'm so passionate about this topic um, because there's so much that occurs. And as a parent, um, I can see that can be extremely overwhelming to know exactly what's going on. You know, should I seek a speech language evaluation? Is there something more going on here? Um, So for you and your daughter, um, I would say the best environment for speech and language for a baby is a environment that is very rich in sounds, sights and a key word here is consistent exposure to the speech and language of others. And a really key figure for that is you, Katie, as as her mom. Yeah. You are a huge component of her speech and language development. Not to say that there's all that pressure, but you have a wonderful opportunity of, you know, working alongside her for that. Um, so during the first few months of a baby's life as I'm sure you know, especially with newborns, there's not much um, talking going on per se, right? They're not saying their first words yet. Um, they'll start cooing and babbling. Um, so some ways that I would recommend is to really, really engage with your child. So get face to face with them. Imitate all the silly sounds they're making, even if you don't quite know what they're saying. Yeah, Um and you a great thing I always tell parents is you can practice turn taking, right? So if she starts babbling something and you know, pauses, then you can say something back to her. Um, and then pause and see if she'll add something on to the conversation. So that's a great way to introduce her to turn taking, which is very important in conversations, right? We don't wanna keep talking over um the person that we're talking to. But one thing I will recommend for um parents with a year old or two years old or even a, a three-year-old is don't constantly prompt your child right so if you're trying to get her to say bye to dad try not to constantly say say bye-bye i want to hear you say bye-bye now you say it well, so that's con- waving to you
0: right now yeah
1: she <laughs> is hi um so constantly prompting like that will increase pressure for your child yeah. um And social interactions should be fun and they should be spontaneous. Um, So what you could do instead is model that for her a lot. Every time dad comes in or comes home, you could say, hi, dad, nice to see you. You know, welcome home or, you know, just model that across different contexts multiple times throughout the day. But using that constant prompting can have some adverse effects down the road, too. It can make her dependent on you to prompt her rather than her trying to initiate things herself. Eventually.
0: Um, My, so yeah, no, just kind of going off on that. You know, I, we were fortunate enough that um, Miss Maddie's first word was mama. Um, So does that technically count as a real word? A word? Do I have bragging rights with my husband? (laughs)
1: Off the bat, I want to say, absolutely, that's amazing. But my question for you would be, um, how often have you heard her use that word, mama, and how is she using it? Is she looking at you when she says it? She
0: has been, which has been nice, where, you know, and like, that was something we kind of made it a point to do with kind of, you know, looking at me saying, mama, and saying, looking at my husband saying, dada, dada. so that's, that's yeah but what's and obviously she says a lot of goo gaga kind of language <laughs> um so what in your opinion professional opinion what counts as a real word
1: so a real word is uh really a word that is used consistently and intentionally so if she just says um a word out of nowhere, and she just kind of says it sporadically, she might not really know what the word means, but maybe she's heard somebody say it, and maybe it's capturing somebody, you know, the attention, but she might not know what it means, so really a real word is one that's used consistently and with intention, and um, so for example, too, um, it doesn't have to be the exact pronunciation. Ah! The word. So I've heard a lot of kids who might say Wawa for water and that if they are using Wawa to refer to water, um, something to drink um, consistently, intentionally, that is absolutely a real word, even if it's Wawa, because at this age, we're not expecting them to be 100 percent intelligible. we call that an approximation when they're saying most of the word, but not fully and completely. But I also want to mention that um, sound effects can also be counted as first words. So if she was playing with a car and she said beep, beep, or. What, about boom, right boom. Now, what she's doing that's more of a vocalization I think she's trying to talk (laughs) she says that a lot yeah she's she's it sounds like she's got a lot to share with the world she's got a lot to say
0: that's why she's a podcast host that's fun
1: but a cool thing I always tell parents too is another word that people don't really realize that could be a real word are signs like sign language yeah Um, a really common one like more all done. Those are absolutely true words as well. Um, When's if a used- good
0: time to start teaching the sign language? Because you know, I see a lot of the times people say, "Oh, you should do that," but you know, obviously, when the kid is, you know, when the baby is, you know, three months, four months, I don't think it would be ideal. Like probably when she's one, or should I have started it a little bit earlier?
1: I would say at any point. Um, language learning for children happens at birth, right? They're seeing, they're hearing. They might not know immediately as a newborn. Um, but just an example, my son is four months old. And when we're on, when he's on like a, the little bouncer swing and he loves, he loves that movement. When he's doing that, I do model like the word more and I'll pair that with a sign. Like, oh, you want more swing? You want to swing some more? It is never well, too great. early. That's a good tip. Yeah. It's never too early. And I'll tell you why. Um, when kids are really young, their motor skills in their mouths are not fully developed. So it might be trickier for them to to verbally say more. And it might be easier for them to move their hands, like, you know, use the sign for more. Okay. So it absolutely, you can use it at any point. You can use it now. Um, I always recommend pairing, uh, some of those functional signs with verbal models as well to do both at once.
0: No, that's an interesting thing. And I mean, I'm honestly, you know, after we're done recording, I'm going to give her dinner and
1: I'll probably try that. Absolutely. That's a great way. If she wants more of whatever it is you're having, you could say, Oh, you want more? Sure. Let's get you more. So I I would recommend pairing that together though, with the word more like the sign and the, the verbal model. I think that would be an excellent functional, um, Activity to use that with, right? Is during meal times.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. And kind of shifting topics a little bit. I mean, something that you see all the books, all the, you know, every doctor, every, you know, person who is a mommy expert, baby expert, they tell you read to your child, read to your child, read to your child. You know, what, you know, luckily, I, I think for Miss Maddie here, she is semi interested in books at times. I think more of the colors. But you know, in your professional opinion, what do I do if my child doesn't seem interested in reading yet?
1: Great question. I want to ask you: Whenever you're reading to your child, what position are you guys in when you're reading together? Like, is um, she sitting in your lap and you're holding? Yeah, her usually actually process? like this. Yeah. I know that is such a, uh, you see that everywhere, that image of the you know baby in your lap sitting together. It's very snugly, warm, but here's the thing. Um, for somebody of her age or younger, they are not developmentally ready to focus on, I have a book right here, so I'm just going to use this. They're not ready to focus on words or pictures. They want social interaction. So okay. what I always recommend is getting face-to-face. So okay. like, So like if she was sitting there and she's, you know, staring at you face to face, Hold the book like this. Okay. And you also don't have to read stories word for word, but really uh, enunciate and really emphasize certain words in the story, point to the pictures, make it silly, make it goofy, tickle her, you know, depending on what the story's about. But my biggest thing is be face to face, make it into a social interaction because she's just not, old enough to really find all these letters and words, super super interesting. But if mom is doing it with her and mom is giggling and mom is pointing and, you know, you're pairing that social interaction with a story and and you're face to face together and you're sharing that wonderful experience together. So position is everything. I would absolutely read it Read a story together face to face rather than you know with her in your lap like this. Because no,
0: that's a very good tip. I mean, I want to. We have some, uh, a few people who are watching live, and one we just got a comment on the live stream saying, "Great advice. I would never have thought about that." And that's for me the same thing.
1: Yeah. And like I said, that's such a common image that you see, right? Is reading a story together, the books in front of you, but really face-to-face interaction. Babies love that. They love that social interaction, especially with their mom, right? Yeah. So, Especially yeah, with their it's mom. It's a fun, definitely a fun time. And mm-hmm.
0: I obviously, you know, as, as a baby kind of, you know, grows, you see them, you know, develop their own little language, their own little communication system, you know, if I was concerned about, you know, my child's speech or language development, you know, what do I do? When is it, you know, too early to pull, you know, press, pull the alarm? Or when is it the right time? Or, you know, in your professional opinion, what's the milestone to look out for?
1: So I can absolutely share with you a general idea of what we would consider to be Um, of concern, but I would absolutely stress that as a parent, you are the expert in your child, right? And I know there's developmental milestones out there to look into, but what I always tell parents, you are the expert. If your gut is telling you that there might be something more going on, why sit around and worry and worry over that? I would absolutely recommend at any point, if you have any concerns, talking to your pediatrician. Um, just to see what your pediatrician might think. And if anything, seek a speech and language evaluation. Worst comes to worse, you do this evaluation and the speech therapist says, wow, your child's actually doing fantastic. Like they are on par for their age. Um, You've got nothing to worry about, but they can still give you some really cool strategies to use at home to continue that, Um, or reassure you that there's really nothing to be concerned about right now. I understand myself now being a first time mother, you worry over everything. Uh, Is my child on par with this? Oh, he's, he's not here, but this other child is. So what does that mean about my child? I would never hesitate to reach out and just ask professionals. We're here for you guys. We're here to reassure you. We're here to educate you. But I will say for like 12 to 15 months, if they're over that year mark, um, you know, a child usually says their first true word around the first year. But if they're approaching uh midway closer to the year two, and they're not really saying words, mm-hmm. or they're not really like turning when their name's being called, or they're not yeah, really yeah. grappling anymore. <laughs> yeah,
0: um, I was just told today at um her pediatrician appointment that she's at a phase now. Or she's gonna be testing me with discipline. Yeah. So that's like another thing to look forward to.
1: <laughs> they're testing those boundaries, huh? <laughs> but those are just some ideas. Um, so yeah, if they're not really saying their first word, or if they were saying words and all of a sudden they're just mm. not, it almost seems like they they're wider mm. than they were. Definitely look that into, because it might be something completely you might not realize. It might be maybe uh, they have an ear infection and they can't really hear as well or something, and they might just need to have that looked into, or maybe they would benefit from a little bit of uh, early intervention, you know, so the earlier, the better um, research shows there's a lot of positive um, treatment outcomes if you approach it early on rather than the wait and see approach. I. Right yeah
0: all right so sarah i want to be mindful of your time especially with your little one in that it's almost dinner time so what is the best place for people to learn more about you and the services you provide
1: so i do have an instagram account um my username on instagram is the speech lady slp on there um And I also do have a TikTok account um, with that same username. Um, I use my platforms to just share (laughs) basically what I'm talking about today, like a lot of strategies that parents can use with their children um, or just some helpful information about childhood development regarding speech and language. So those are two great platforms that you can get more information from me.
0: That's great. And can, so I know you're going to be moving to Texas, um, but like I'm based in New Jersey. So can people access your services all throughout the country?
1: So no, they would not be able to. Um, and that's because I am currently licensed for the state of Texas. Um, so I only provide services to those who are residents in Texas. Um, I can't provide services virtually though but still has to be in the state of texas where my license is
0: makes sense anyway sarah i want to thank you so much for your time today and sharing your insight your expertise i mean me right now as a mom of a one-year-old i am you know appreciate it more than you now uh, i wish you the best especially you and your little one may you get more sleep and i hope thank you'll join you. us for a future episode
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And if you do have any questions about your daughter's speech, feel free to reach out to me. I'd be happy to chat more. Um, So I'm always available for that. And thank you again for having me on your show. I'm a
0: big fan. Thank you. And for our listeners, thank you for tuning in for today's episode. I hope you'll join us next week. And be sure to follow our official Instagram account at Moms in the Air and subscribe where we will review our next guest. And thank you again for joining us today and for everybody who watched live. Be enjoyed today's episode. Subscribe wherever you're listening. Give us a five-star rating. And until next time, I'm Katie. This is Maddie. and We are the Moms on the Air podcast.